Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. We're talking about joy today. And so usually my experience of joy and like just working through that in my week is a very unique week. So I'll get into that here in a second. But times are changing. Anybody feel that? It just feels like, I don't know, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, times are really feel like they're changing rapidly. And I'm like sitting with people who were telling me they were born in 1998. I mean, the Vols won the national championship in 1998, you know? And I remember it. I remember watching those games and like, I'm sitting with people that are like, yeah, I was born in 98. And like, they're like jobs now. They're not kids. I'm like, oh man, like I am now that guy. Like, times are changing. And then I'm, I used to like speak in like assemblies and I would go to these little middle schools and I could like kids laugh and we connect. And I'm like, it's not hard to connect at all. I like walk in, I'm like, I don't understand anymore. Like it happened overnight. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand your humor. I don't know what you're talking about. The words are weird. I'm that guy now. I was thinking about like the kingdom and I'm thinking about, about like 70 to 80 years ago, the perception of like what we were doing here, there was almost like a pressure of, from people outside the church or there was nobody really outside the church. So there was like pressure to be a part of it, right? And our culture was like a church culture. It's like, hey, where do you go to church? Oh, you don't go to church? Probably not a trustworthy person. Like we can't, you know, like, hold on. <laughs> Wait, what? Then there's a continued evolution about 30, 40-ish years ago it's not so much, it's almost like the church is a little bit outdated. Culture's kind of moving past it, but there's still this admiration for like the moral culture of the church. So like we would look in and be like, wow, I mean, they're like really good people, you know? And the culture would look at it and be like, man, I really admire like what they do and who they are. And I'm not saying this has happened yet, but I personally experience it when I say like, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a pastor. And then there's like, oh, pfft oh God, we got to get out of here. <laughs> like it really, I got to get away from this guy. Surely a weirdo, you know? And there's like a growing sense now um, that it's, it's, it's almost like, and I hear like the verbiage, that it's almost like our way of thinking is so narrow that these people are a little bit of a danger to our societal thinking. It's a little bit dangerous. Like these are extremists and extremists are to be like carefully watched, you know? And I'm not saying that's fully here, but I definitely see the perception moving that way. And I'm okay with it. As I thought about this, I'm thinking about where Paul is writing this letter from a jail. And I don't know if you know this, but like in the earliest days of the church, in like Roman culture, like that, that time in the earliest days of the church, it wasn't like we're going to go down to our neighbor and we're going to be like, hey, you want to come down to this church? Because like there's this awesome like group that meets and there's this awesome guy he like leads and, and these great band and they like rock out and it's so awesome. It like jams the neighborhood and vibrates the windows and it's cool. You want to come in? 
it wasn't that because like, you're going to get ratted on. You're going to go to jail, you know? But how in the heck did a kingdom culture take over the Roman empire when we weren't going house to house saying, come down to this thing, but it rapidly moved through the known world and took over. How did that happen? And today, I want to take a close look at why I believe that it grew and why I believe, according to the word, I believe that message is still fire. And I still believe God has a plan to really reach this known world. And if you're looking at culture and you're afraid, you don't need to be any, any longer. And God's not worried. We don't have to be worried either. And in fact, I, I'm kind of excited. So uh, let's dive into this word real quick and we'll press on and see like, what does it look like uh, to make moves in this world today that we know? All right, Philippians 1, 1 through 5. And it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. He's writing it to everybody. So if you're in Christ, y'all, this is a word to us. Every single one of us, saints in Christ, this is a word to you. With the overseers and the deacons, so there's leaders in the church, there's servant leaders in the church. He's writing it to everybody. And he's saying, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to hear that today. If you're in Christ, grace is, grace is extended to you. Hey, grace and peace to you. Are you in Christ today? Grace and peace is yours. It's all yours. All the peace that God offers is your right through the person of Jesus who earned that right for you to have it. Take it, have it, enjoy it. Paul's saying the whole church, you're saying, but Jay, I'm not even a leader at this church. It don't matter. You in Christ, grace and peace is yours. Come on, baby, let's go. Grace and peace, receive it, have it. And now let's look at what, it like, what it's like to walk in it. Grace and peace to you from God, the, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayers with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. This word, joy, we had this unique uh, talk in our life group and we were talking about joy and we're like, is joy circumstantial? And everybody was like, I, I don't know. Like, I think there's seasons of joy and I, I like piped up and I'm like, but the word is like so clear. Like joy is a fruit of the spirit. So like you got the spirit, like you've got potential for joy. And I don't know about you, but I said that comment and I was like, oh man, like I think there's like something coming, you know? And I'm like, we'll, we'll see. And so I had one of those weeks, y'all, like I got, a, I got four kids. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And it was one of those weeks where my one-year-old like would not stop, like just screaming his head off all night long for days on end. And I've learned like he is a tank. He's a little box of, of just fat on bones, like little bones, but he's a giant. And I think I'm gonna start feeding him steak 
I woke up in the middle of the night, y'all. I gave this kid four bottles, four giant bottles. And I'm like, you're going you're gonna to get sick or you're going to pop. Like, I don't know. But you're, it can't be good for you. And uh, we, we go through the night and, and I'm like mulling over this, this word from him because he's like, in my remembrance of you, I have this joy as I think about you. And I'm like, man, is joy circumstantial? Like right now, I'm going to shake my kid, you know? And I know that's like terrible to say, but like parents, you get it. Like when we get there in the moment, I'm like, I got to leave the room. Maybe like I'm really sorry to abandon you right now, but I'm scared for a kid right now. I'm scared of what I would do. I'm scared of me. <laughs> so help me. And so like, I'm dead serious. Like day one, I'm literally, I'm like, I know the word, but like, seriously, I feel like joy might be circumstantial. I really do. Like, there's no possible way to have joy in this. But night two, y'all, when I was like, really kind of at my end, these verses like come into my mind. And I'm like, is this really true? Could I have joy when I am tired and I'm worn out from my week? My kid is, is screaming his head off. And I've got a day that I've got in the morning that I'm thinking about. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to function. And when I show up, I'm going to be crazy as I am right now there. Anybody feel that when you go to work? You're like, I'm going to be a psycho today. (laughs) I felt like I was going to be a psycho. And I paused. And y'all, I'm like, I'm telling you I'm in process with you, okay? I'm going to tell you my failures and I'm going to tell you some of my victories. And today I feel like I got a victory this week. Because God like really met me in my kid's nursery. And I said, God, I can't stop him from crying. I don't know what to do. I don't feel joyful, but you see joy is available to me. And so I'm going to, like Dean said, take my thoughts captive and stop. My thought is I want him to shut up, shut up. And because you will not shut up, I am angry because I'm not getting what I want. So I will take my thoughts captive and say, it's not that I want him to shut up. I want to go to the superseding truth that's above this one and go, where is joy really? If he was quiet, would I be fully joyful for a moment? And then you know what I would start thinking about? What's coming tomorrow? I got to take that one captive. What is the superseding truth that is going to cause joy to just emanate no matter what the circumstance? Here's what is true, and here's what grace is for each one of us to receive. Peace is ours. But listen, I don't know about you, but I have not done life perfectly. I have screwed up a lot. And the truth we're here celebrating is that the king of the universe stepped down into a broken world, gave up his life, and and gave the sacrifice of his life to impart perfection to those who would receive him. Do you want perfection in the eyes of God? You can't achieve it. You can't earn it. You can't do anything. Jesus wants to give it as a free gift so that nobody can boast. We just got reason to praise. Thank you, Jesus, because I needed that. And so today, if you've come in this room, I want to invite you into the safest room in Knoxville. You can take off the mask you feel like you have to wear everywhere else, and you can be 100% real and honest and raw, but Jesus wants to meet you right in those moments. You don't got to pretend a bit. So I stopped in there and I started thinking of that truth. 
Jesus, I know what you have done for me. And in fact, I'm so thankful because I don't deserve to even have a wife with the life I lived. I don't deserve to have kids. I don't deserve to have anything. And yet you saw fit to meet me in my weakest, darkest moment and love me right where I was and transform my life. And y'all in the middle of this nursery while my kid is screaming, I got this, like this peace in my soul. And it was instant, y'all. It was instant. I had like a worship time in this body screaming. It was the weirdest encounter. But I realized that like God is so faithful and I just wanna remind some of us in the moments where you feel down, heavy, disturbed, you can stop and you say, why am I feeling this way right now? Jesus, help me filter this or help me step away from it and grab the the superseding truth above this and let me dwell on it, think on it, and see where your emotions go. And then from that place, now step into your circumstance. Because I'm not looking for joy in my circumstance. I'm bringing joy to the circumstance. And when you're in that mindset, all of a sudden, everything around you begins to shift. I'm not here in search for joy. I got joy. So I'm showing up to the circumstances bringing the party. You know what I mean? I don't need it here. I don't need it from you. I don't need it from a wife. I don't need it from my kids. I got it. But this is a way of thinking. This is a way of life. And I believe that joy, according to the scripture, is not gonna be a circumstantial event. Joy is a byproduct, listen to this, of a heart joined with God's heart. Joy is a byproduct of a heart joined with God's heart. And so when Paul is saying, I'm I'm praying for you as I remember you and your partnership with the gospel, I have joy. Is he saying this is circumstantial? Like, is this, because this is happening, I have joy. We're gonna dive into that here in a second and I'm gonna explain it through John 4. I do not believe it's circumstantial. I believe Paul's heart is rejoicing with God's heart because God rejoices when we step into the truth and live out his truth. God actually rejoices and says, this is the way it was always meant to be. So Paul is saying, I'm rejoicing with God's heart because God's rejoicing with you. And it's causing my heart to get hot a little bit as I look at your life and what God is doing. That word partnership, you might've heard it, is koinonia. And that word partnership means fellowship. And one commentator, I wrote this down because I thought it was good. Uh, he he uh, defines this word as koinonia relationship or a partnership in this way. Involves in this relationship is a readiness to share, a sense of equality among participants and a unity among members. They've joined in such deep intersection that their lives have been transformed by this gospel together. And now in one direction, they are all moving with the same expectation. There's reason for joy here. God's intention is that we would step in and join his heart together and move in one direction, unified with his heart. And then y'all, the world is gonna see and experience the king in real life manifestation. One of the things, some of the, there's four things that I believe hold us back from sharing in this. One, pride. 
Pride. I don't know about you. This has been, this has been a little bit of me. God, I appreciate the word, but I really have a good idea. I've, I always know the way. Every, every room I'm in, I know it should be better. I know it. I know it. Pride, one. The second thing is fear. This is a very real thing. Why we don't join the heart of God? Because man, it can be fearful. Stepping in and sharing the gospel or sharing this joy of Jesus with people who don't believe, what will they say? What will it cost me at my job? What's gonna happen in the neighborhood? If they find out like I'm the Jesus weirdo, you know, <laughs> like what's gonna go down? The third thing that often stops is pessimism. You ever felt like this? That person will never change. I've experienced them. They just never change. Never. Pessimism holds us back from joining the heart of God because God's heart is never pessimistic. He believes all things, hopes all things, bears all things. He never gives up. So maybe you feel like the heart of God is pessimistic towards you. It's never. That's not in his heart. He's always believing for you, always hoping for you, always loving you, always reaching to you. And the, the fourth thing I believe that holds us back from a, a gospel experience with him is indifference. It's like, man, I'm good. I'm fine. It doesn't really matter. This isn't everything. But let's look at today. I want to look at somebody who partnered in the gospel and I want to look at the byproduct of partnership in the gospel. And it's in John 4. And in John 4, Jesus has done work of ministry. He's walking down the street and he gets to this place where there's a woman by herself at the well. Okay. And when, she, when he meets this woman, he has this conversation with her. I don't know if you know this story, probably do. He has a conversation with her. She asks him some questions. He goes back and forth. He's like, give me some water. She's like, sure. He offers her living water that like, you'll never get thirsty if you get the water that I offer you. Sir, give me this water. Like, I want that. Then they go down the line where Jesus then says like, hey, I'm literally the Messiah. I'm coming to bring life to this place. And then he tells her everything about her. The fact that she's had multiple husbands, that she screwed up along the way, invites her into a different way of life. She leaves him. And I want to pick up the story right here. And I want to talk about today a partnership of the gospel and a byproduct that God promised. Just then, the disciples came back. They walked up. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. None of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Like, why are you talking to this lady? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everybody, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? That's quite the presentation. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Look at these results right here. Look at these results. In verse 39, the results of this woman sharing her story, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything that I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So they stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear the message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he's indeed the savior of the world. 
And look at this. Jesus met this woman right where she was. She encounters Jesus. And then look at the presentation. She goes down into her village and she says, could this be the king? Like, could this be him? Could this be the guy? Look at her vulnerable state. Y'all, she doesn't know theology. She doesn't know a great gospel presentation. She just encountered Jesus. And she went down to the people that she knew and said, hey, I might have met a guy and he might be the real deal. You want to see? I don't know if you feel pressure to feel like you need all the answers. You don't. You just need to encounter Jesus. And if you encounter Jesus, just talk about what he did to the people right around your life and they will see for themselves because here's the truth. Jesus invites us to be used by, 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 by him, but he's gonna show up and do the work. Bring them to Jesus in the same way you were brought and let Jesus meet them. Pressure's off, y'all. You don't gotta be theologians. You don't need to study for years. You don't need to go to seminary. You just need to encounter with Jesus. And when he encounters you, move in faith with him. And he's invited each one of us to go with him into our home, workplace, street, family, whatever it is. Now, look at what Jesus says about this experience. We can join him in his work and here's gonna be the byproduct, okay? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Look, I'm gonna tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white with harvest. Already, listen to this, the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. The gospel is the reason for our joy. The good news is that Jesus is extending to you saying, come to me. Are you weak and weary, tired, burdened, heavy laden? Come to me. I just wanna give you rest for your soul. If you actually get to the place where you trust Jesus and you bring him everything you are, he will meet you right where you are. And he will extend to you a free gift that you could never earn on your own. It's a free gift offered to you. And he offers it to the entire world. He died for the whole world. And if you think your junk's too big, it's the world. <laughs> you know, you're not the only one. We're all in it together. You're not the only one. Hear that. You're not the only one. We're all in it together. My junk wasn't big enough for JJ. It, it, ours is plenty. The whole world. Not just us two. That's, that's precious. So maybe you feel like yours is too much. I want to say he died for the world, not just you. And everyone in this room is in the same boat today. But you're invited. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper rejoice together. When you join the purpose that God has called you into of connection with his heart and you move with him in response by faith, you will rejoice at what takes place in and through your life 
because the heart of God is rejoicing because you're moving in what you were always designed to be moving in. Most of us never step into what we were designed for. We step into what we appreciate or the circumstance we'd rather experience and we call it joy. That is not joy, my friend. Jesus' joy is when you step into the purpose that you were designed for. God knows what you were made for and it was perfect communion, connectedness with him. Today, I wanna offer you that perfect connectedness with him. It's offered to you. It can be yours. It's not gonna be found in your home. It's not gonna be found through a relationship. It's not gonna be found through a work. It's not gonna be found in money. It's gonna be found through the person of Jesus. And he offers you perfect connection with God. You can have it and walk in it. If you walk in his purposes for your life, you will experience a reason for rejoicing because God will use a woman whose life looks broken and reach an entire city and cause all these men who doubted to look and go, didn't expect that one. I love big kahuna wings. Anybody? Oh, that sweet fire seasoning, y'all. You know what I'm talking about? Am I alone? Are you serious? What I, I okay? What, what's what's better? Anything better? Go ahead. You really? We're gonna start a fight back here. You know what I mean? I don't know what's better. Everybody's got their thing. I don't care. I went down to Big Kahuna. I ate thirty wings the other day, and I thought I was gonna die. Inside this little body is a giant, giant man. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> but you know, like when you eat sweet, sweet chicken wings with fire seasoning and you finish, but you didn't order enough, you can sit down there and you can look at these bones and you could say, man, I'm so disappointed I didn't order 10 or 30, Right? 30. I should have got the 30 piece, baby. I got five today. You know how much it cost me? 12 bucks. It's true. I gave 10% tip, okay? I felt like kind of ripped off though. It's pretty bad. Okay, anyways. I can order these chicken wings and I can sit at my table and I say, man, I really wish I got 30 and I'm just disappointed. Or like, think about this mindset. I know this is so weird and random, but I think because I raise chickens and it's fresh on my mind. (laughs) I have a chicken, one left out of like 10, all got eaten. (laughs) Ironic, right? Do you know how many chickens it takes to do this? Two and a half. I mean, think about this for a second, y'all. I got five chicken wings. I never once thought about the guy who raised these chickens. Do you know what it's like to raise a baby chicken to full maturity? It's a bear. It's labor. Like I got up every day and I fed this thing only for them to die. But I didn't, when I go down to Big Kahuna, I'm not like, yo, 30 chicken wings is 15 chickens, you know? And somebody raised 15 chickens for me to eat 15 or 30 legs. That's a lot. 
And then not only did they like raise this thing, they put it on a, on a truck where like it supplies work for many, many people who logistically move these things down the road to get to a processing plant where things are chopped up and moved, made into little legs and sent to Big Kahuna. Then when it gets to Big Kahuna, think about it, y'all. I know the guy who like started those. He worked on his recipe for, for I mean, he's like a scientist. And he's devising all these brand new recipes. He's got this creative mind. He's always bringing things together. But his recipe took him his life. And to bring this masterpiece together, for me to have five chicken wings is a feat. It's incredible. But I don't ever finish that. And I'm like, man, thank you, farmer. (laughs) Thank you, chicken farmer. Thank you, big kahuna. Thank you, truck driver. Thank you, everybody, for not wrecking that truck so they showed up. You know what I mean? Like, thank you, city workers who build the street. It's huge. I don't know if that's silly. It's silly. But, like, my mindset isn't there in the positive often. And if you're like a human, most of the times our minds are in the negative space versus positive space. And I'm not saying that our circumstance, we cannot just be circumstantial. Like, I got chicken wings, so I'm joyful. No, I'm saying there's a superseding truth that's way bigger than the fact that my five chicken wings are gone. And some of us live in the mindset that five chicken wings are gone. My life's over. What is your five chicken wing? Everybody's got them. The disappointment of something in our life to say, it should have been different. This person should have done me different. My coworker should act different. My wife should be different. My husband should be different. What's the should be? I should have 30 chicken wings. I should. And it's that should that really is our soul crushing, joy stealing thing because my mind is always thinking about that. And I want to tell you, a few years ago in my personal life, I walked around the street not able to see anybody because I was so busy looking at my own hurt and pain I was looking at my own distrust in people because of what somebody did to me. They screwed me over. They hurt me. I got stab wounds in my back and I'm bleeding and I'm hurting and nobody knows. And I'm just, I just don't want to talk to anybody because I don't want you to hurt me. I want to be seen. Leave me alone. And I'll show up on Sunday. I'll get up on a stage. I'll be excited. I'll go, the word, I love Jesus. And I'm like, I just want to go home. I want to go home. I don't want to sit around my fire. I want to be by myself. And I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm the best faker, y'all. I'm a good liar. This is revelation for me because when Jesus met me, even after he met me before, like he met me at the fireplace by myself, I was like, I want to remind you something. I still love you. I still got you. I've never left you and I'm for you. And I didn't want them to do that to you. And if they would have listened to me, it would have never happened to you. But I never wanted them to do that. And his gentle, kind voice and my experience, honestly, of him through many of you guys sitting in this room brought my soul back to remembering what I'm talking about today, that joy is available. And I started maybe believing it. Maybe, maybe, I'm like the woman at the well. Maybe this is the guy. And my maybe turned into, well, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna move in it. You start moving in it, and then, y'all, you get this experience where he shows up. And you're like, I thought you wouldn't show up because, like, I'm not, I'm not as good anymore, you know? Like, I'm damaged goods again. 
and he shows up faithful. And I wanna tell you today, maybe you feel broken, wounded, discouraged. He wants to meet you right where you are. What is your five chicken wings? What's the thing you're looking at right now and you're like, dang, I wish I had 30. Should have been different. They should never have done that. And I want you, I invite you, I invite you, you're not, no pressure. I invite you to bring whatever that mindset is, whatever that thing is, and I want you by faith to take this in prayer to Jesus. Right where you are, take it to him. And I believe he wants to meet us right now, right here. He'll meet you. He's really faithful and he's really kind. Would you bow your head with me and just right in this moment, I'll start thinking about maybe where, where I am, where you are. And today I want to speak to first a group that maybe you've encountered Jesus, but you just feel heavy and tired. And I want to remind you that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And he's invited you to eat the soul-nourishing food that he offers, which is his person, which is being Jesus. Bring him the five chicken bones. What is that thing for you? Tell him what it is. It's the safest place right now. Bring him whatever they are. What should have been different? Tell him. And as this song plays here in a second, if, if today you're sitting there, I, you've got people here that are for you, with you, and we wanna pray with you. So I want you to, you to come if you feel heavy, burdened. I believe healing is gonna happen in this room today. It's gonna be Jesus working in and through his people in this room. So I want you to come forward. I wanna pray, we wanna pray. We got our team, we wanna pray with you. We'll see healing. But today, maybe you never knew joy is available. That peace is actually offered to you. Not because of what you've done, but because of what God did for you, that he loved you so much. And Jesus, he died to make all things right between you and him, everything right, fully covered. And if that's you, right where you are, you can have his peace right now. He wants to bring you full peace with himself. You just call out to the name, his name is Jesus. And if you feel like you need his grace, his free gift, his favor, his peace with him, say, Jesus, I want the peace that you're offering. I want it. Meet me where I am right now. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I think you offer joy. 
And you've gave us a reason to be joyful today. And you want to breathe life over our five chicken bones. And you want to give us more life than we could have ever handled, could have ever experienced on our own. Father, I pray your healing would fall upon those in this room right now. Thank you, God. Father, I pray that your peace that passes every bit of understanding would guard our heart and our mind as we take those thoughts captive, we bring them out into the open and you become the greater truth in our heart and our mind. Father, I pray that you would help us get there together. Thank you for the work you're doing. Now we worship you. We praise you the best we know how. I want to close with this thought. A lot of our understanding, we heard a message that I just shared and a lot of us, we feel like, man, I got a lot of work to do. And you know what I better start doing? I better start sharing. I need to go down to the, I really need to go to my friends. I really need to go to my neighbors. I really need to share. That would be understanding. It makes sense, right? Jesus said, don't miss it. Don't miss what the word said. Jesus said, my food is doing the will of my father. Jesus's food was doing the right stuff perfectly. Then Jesus offers up his life as the perfect sacrifice for you and I. And he says, my body is the food for your life. My person is the food for you. So do not leave saying, I really need to be sharing. Come to Jesus who wants to nourish your soul and give you a reason to go share. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you his person. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you favor. You can have it, but you will not find joy doing the right thing, even in ministry. Come on, Reeves, you know what I mean? You gotta be filled with, connected with joy. And then when you go with him connected, you're gonna have a reason for rejoicing. Don't miss the word. Jesus is the reason for joy, connection. And he's brought you in, receive it by faith. If you're in Christ, grace and peace is yours. Grace and peace is already yours, no matter what. Hey guys, go, go to work filled with grace and peace. Go home filled with grace and peace because it's yours. It's the gift of Jesus. That's so good. That's so good. It's so relieving, right? Appreciate him. Now get in the car and worship. I'm pumped to go to the gas station now because I got grace and peace, y'all. I can't wait to get home because I'm gonna love my kids. I'm, I'm excited. But I'm not looking to be excited when I show up. I'm not looking to do the right thing. I'm already right. Now I can do the right thing. Pressure's off. That's the message. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And I rejoice when I look at you and I remember how you've joined in it. Partnered. Hey guys, let's partner in it. Let's keep walking. I can't wait to see what he does.